The Kinky Cocktail Hour is brought to you by Motor Bunny, the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator that offers fabulous creative sexual experiences. We use it and it rotates, it vibrates, and it delivers mind-blowing orgasms. Enjoy Motor Bunny as your favorite sex toy. When you order the Motor Bunny, multiple attachments are included along with the link controller, which allows wireless control from anywhere. Motor Bunny is the world's most powerful saddle-style vibrator on earth. Use the link in the show notes and spice up your sex life with a Motor Bunny. You're listening to Kinky Cocktail Hour, a conversation between adults about sex-forward relationships, kinky lifestyles, and frank communication. If you're under 18, please stop listening and visit scarletteen.com. I'm Lady Petra. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I'm Sapphire Master. My pronouns are him, his, and he. And this is Kinky Cocktail Hour. Cheers! Cheers. Well, it was my birthday. It was. And it you, is. It still is, yeah. But you arranged yesterday for something that we've talked about doing, mm-hmm. you know. All during COVID, we talked about going to a whiskey bar and tasting whiskeys. Right. And it was COVID, so we just never got to. And then my birthday was coming up, and you said, hey, let's go down to Cannon Beach. Mm-hmm. And then you were like, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do this. And one of the things you had on your list of we're going to do is was to go to a whiskey bar. Right. Because you found that there was a good whiskey bar down here. McGregor's? McGregor's Whiskey Bar. Yeah. In Cannon Beach. Cannon Beach. And so we decided to go early, like at 2 in the afternoon. Yeah. Because we didn't want to compete with crowds if there were any. We had no idea. And there's lots of people out here and there's lots more and people it was busy in town. going into restaurants and things. And so, you know, it was probably smart because we walked right into the bar and we got a table. Right by the windows. Right we got the, the lights on the whiskey and that kind of thing. Yeah. And then the bartender came along and introduced himself. His name was Gabe. And he asked us what we wanted. We said, well, we're here for whiskey flights. Yeah. So he said, oh, okay. And I said, but not just any whiskey flights. We're partial or have been partial to Highland single malts. Right. And we've only ever been drinking Highland single malts as far as we know. We might have a space side or something, but mostly we buy Highland single malts. Mm -hmm. And part of that's because that's what we know. And part of it's because we tend to stay in a lane that we find that we like. Mm -hmm. And so we've just always gone, oh, here's another Highland single malt. Here's another Highland single malt. Right. But we also have bought a whiskey from Isla, the Blue Bond, what's it? Blue Schladis. yeah. We've purchased and enjoyed a whiskey from Spayside, mm-hmm. the Eberfeldy. The old Putin. Old Putinetti, right? Mm-hmm. So we knew that there was more yeah. to whiskey. Yeah. And we also have a, mm, what's the right word? A fear of peat. Yeah. Like we're not super interested in very peaty things. It's kind of the way we Yeah, way I think had, about had it. a bad experience with peat scotch and yeah. was like unimpressed with it. Yeah, yeah. Now my palate was more immature at that time, but still I, w- I had kind of kept that going. Yeah, so what we said to Gabe was we wanted to try two flights of whiskeys, total of six whiskeys, that offered 
one for each region. Yeah, interesting alternatives from the five different regions. Mm-hmm. And so the five different regions are you've got the highlands, the lowlands, the, the islands, you've got Isla, and you've got Speyside. And, you know, we just don't know what comes from there. Right. And so what we had was six whiskeys that represented those five regions. One of them was represented twice. And I, I'm going to say it was sort of mind-blowing. It was. Just sort of mind-blowing. Yeah. The whiskeys were incredible. The whiskeys were just a completely different flavor profile and depth and width than mm-hmm. what we used to. Yeah. And the most impressive thing, the most impressive thing was the way, in my mind anyway, the way the Pete played with the different whiskeys in ways that were interesting and subtle and forward and aft and after smell. And, you know, there were just like so many ways that it played together. Well, one of the f- interesting things, too, was when we tried it neat and then we tried it with a drop of water. Yeah. Some of the whiskeys completely changed, like altered completely. Yeah. To a completely different tasting whiskey. Yeah, just a simple drop of water opens it up completely. And, you know, I've talked about the reason that is. So water is H2O, and what the H2O does is it, uh, is it just takes away the alcohol. It binds to the alcohol. Mm-hmm. So you're left with the flavor of the whiskey right. as opposed to just the, the acidity of the alcohol. Right, right. So anyway, yeah. So I think, you know, we'll we'll post all the different bottles we tried. We tried we ended up so we went through the first lot and the whiskey that was the most impactful was from Cal Illet. It was a Cal Illet twelve. Mm-hmm. And it completely blew my mind. It completely it, altered my yeah. experience of whiskey. Yeah. Completely. You know, the way I like to describe it is it rounded out the flavor. Mm-hmm. And and the way that occurs to me is if you think of Whiskey is having a wider or a narrower flavor profile, mm-hmm. like the width, and then the depth being sort of shallower or deeper based on how long of a how long of a um, you know finish it has. Right. And so, whiskeys that are wide and deep are really delicious, and they they mm. they last a long time. Mm-hmm. But there's like an emptiness on the top side, and what the peat offered in that Cal Ella Twelve. It's just a rounding out over the top note. Mm-hmm. So you have just like massive flavor, <laughs> massive width, massive depth, and long-lasting fullness. It was just like quite mm-hmm. incredible. And it did it better than the other ones we tried. Not that the other ones were bad at all. They were lovely. Right, right. But for our palate, for my palate anyway, that one was just like spectacular. Mm. Yeah, so he was really happy because he kind of shared that with us. And uh, then we had him do a little conversation about whiskey. Right. Which was kind of interesting. We recorded that. We'll play it in. But then after we said, okay, this is what we want to do next. Now we want to do six more whiskey. So another two flights. Of the top two regions. Yeah, we want to take the top two regions that we didn't know much about. So we took... Uh, Isla and Islands. Well, the Islands was its own. He, He kept the Islands because there's only one there. There were two. Are you sure? And then he did a, a, a neck, another... Uh... There were two flights. So one was from Isla and the Islands, and the other one flight was, was Isla, Speyside. All three were new. Yeah. And then the Islands only had two that he had, uh, two other... Brands. Brands. He, he couldn't... 
the Camberbury, the Camberbury one or whatever, Campbelltown, the weird region that's on the tip. Yeah. The Highland 12 that we had, that one was only, he only had one in the bar, like right. one of those. So we couldn't try that one in multiples. So we tried the Islands, which was our next one. Yeah, he said that, I think the one from Orkney, they only made one Orkney. whiskey. Yes, yes. There's only one, there's only one distiller there, so, yeah. we, so we couldn't get multiple distillers from there. Right. So we tried one that was an 18-year on the Highland Park. Yeah. And so that was good. But the truth is that there were really, I mean, there were 12 fabulous whiskeys. Yeah. There were 12 fabulous whiskeys. They were all whiskeys, good. I would have got, been able to drink all of them. But there were one or two that just really stood out. Yeah. And, and for dramatic. us. Yeah, and for us. And so those will be ones we add to our... And it's neat because now we've got consideration in our scotches now yeah. about peat. Way different, yes. Way different conversation than what we were having before. Yeah. So it's a huge opening for us. Yeah. No, it's really, it's really a lovely experience. And I want to acknowledge Gabe because he was just a wealth of information. Man, he just knew his whiskeys and he knew the bottles and he was eager to share his knowledge with us. Oh, yeah. And he had a great time contemplating the different ways to express the different areas so that we could enjoy it in the mm-hmm. most fulfilling way. So I acknowledge Gabe and his expertise. Mm-hmm. That really made the evening wonderful, you know. So fun. Yeah. Yeah, so now we no longer are Highland single malt people. I know. Exclusively. Exclusively. Now, now we can we can speak intelligently about different areas yeah. of Scotland and the, the making of Scotch whiskey, and we can speak knowledgeably about the ones we like from there. Right. We can speak about things we don't like from there, <laughs> but we can say what we do like from yeah, there because exactly. we, now we know. Yeah. So that was a really killer birthday present. And it's super great because now we have all these whiskeys in the you know, wings, basically, as we decide to try a region, we can go, oh, yeah, let's get this whiskey. Yeah. It's great. It's very exciting. Best birthday present ever. <laughs> so we're here with Gabe. We're here with Gabe. At McGregor's. At McGregor's. Whiskey Tavern, is that how you refer to it? McGregor's Whiskey Bar. Whiskey Bar, okay. In Cannon Beach. In Cannon Beach. Yes, Because we're on vacation. Yes, of course. And we're doing a series of flights. We're really gonna, cool we're, flights. We're trying to narrow in on another bottle to buy for our cabinets. Yes. And we ran into Gabe, who's like wicked smart. <laughs> Very knowledgeable. <laughs> knowledgeable. So the biggest question I have for you, Gabe, is tell us about who you are as a whiskey man and then why we should listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've been working at McGregor's now for about three years. And... Uh, I came in uh, pretty much only liking smoky scotches. That was like all I drank. Yeah. And uh, and so when I came here, I started trying some different whiskeys out and started broadening my horizons. And uh, so far, I've tried quite a few different whiskeys. How many would you say? Four to five hundred, probably. Oh my god! I love how he did that. That was excellent, actually. Yeah, yeah. four to five hundred whiskeys. Yeah, we so, so we we're... also have extensive like collections at home, so we're always bringing stuff in for each other to try. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're trying six whiskeys so far, and we're already a little bit confused about which comes from where and yeah. so on. But I think the map, like you suggested, helps mm-hmm. a ton. Yeah. And so one of the things you did was you pointed out that there are five regions of Scotch making areas on. Scotland. So what are they? So, yeah, so uh, uh, there's the Highlands, 
Uh, and they're known for being the cleanest and the smoothest of the scotches. Gotcha. And those are usually like the ones people think of when they think of scotch. Yeah. Either the Highlands or the really smoky Islas. Um, and so the Highlands include the stuff like the Macallans and the Glenlivet. And, and the Highland whiskeys, we, we like to think of them as single malt scotches, which means it's essentially one barrel pour. So not always, actually. So single malt means that it's 100% malted barley harvested during one season, distilled at one distillery. Mm, but okay. um, they're usually blending it from a number of barrels. Gotcha. Okay. And then, and then the blended whiskeys are? Blended from multiple distilleries. Yeah, so that's the main difference, right? Yeah. So when you talk about region, like the Highland, the Highland single malts, that's typically uh, a bottle from one particular distillery from a particular year. Yeah, so something like Johnny Walker is going to be a blend from yeah. multiple different distilleries, whereas like uh, uh, if you have one specific scotch distillery, then uh, all the whiskey is coming from them. Got it, okay. Yeah. And so what are the five regions in Scotland? Yeah, so you've got the Highlands uh, and then the Speysides, and the Speysides are typically going to be fruitier, mm -hmm. um, but still unpeated, so no okay. smoke. Yeah. And then you've got the Campbelltowns, uh, which used to be very densely populated, mm -hmm. uh, but now it's pretty scarce as far as distilleries go. And then you've got the Islands, uh, which include all the small outlying islands. Black Orkney and, Islands up there. Yeah. yeah, and they typically have a small amount of peat to them, um, but they aren't super heavily peated. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the Islas, Islas which, uh, or Isla, which is uh, mostly super heavily peated. Okay. Gotcha. One of our favorite whiskeys oh. is from Isla. Yeah. It is the, the Brooklades. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you also have uh, the Lowlands, oh, which right. are known for uh, having the most barley flavor. Fascinating. So there are thousands of distilleries all over Scotland. And so how has the new appreciation for scotch around the world impacted what's happening at the distillery level? Yeah, so uh, for the most part, it's, uh, it's very hard to like sell uh, whiskey or, or get um, a uh, distillery started when okay. they're young. Yeah. Um, because nobody wants to drink like five-year-old scotch and so these distilleries have to open up and then basically like wait five years yeah, before they have a sellable wait. product um, and so it's unfortunate because a lot of these distilleries will go under so for instance we have a, a bottle up there from a distillery called Pity Veitch and it's a 22 year old barrel and I think the distillery is only around for like half that time Wow. Um, so the barrel is like twice as old as that distillery was actually in operation. Wow. So it kind of shows you like how hard it is to get your to foot make. in the door. Yeah. Um, and people like seeing that really old number on the bottle. They like seeing that they've been drinking something from a distillery that's been around for 200 years. Right. So that makes it equally as hard for oh, new yeah. distilleries. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, one of the questions I have is that it seems like the the business of scotch whiskey has moved to exporting scotch for sure it seems like it's hard like I, I was listening to a distiller talk about the challenge of selling scotch whiskey in scotland mm -hmm. but it seems like it's more of an export business nowadays yeah the, the united states buys a lot of scotch mm -hmm. and surprisingly a Japan. lot of like england buys a lot of our whiskey oh, that's like interesting. bourbon like and bourbon. rice yeah oh, that's funny but that's interesting 
I personally think so. Yeah. But it, it depends on if you're looking for more like barrel characteristics versus like grain characteristics. That's true. There because there's a big difference on what people prefer. Yeah. yeah. Right. If you compare that to like the American side of things, right? Bourbons aged in virgin charred oak barrels. Right. And the temperature swings of Kentucky are much more drastic than right. in Scotland. So they say the sweet spot for bourbon is around 12 years. Is which that? is less than half that of yeah. what a Scotch or an yeah. Irish would be. That's interesting. And if you look at like Texas whiskey, it's four. Wow. So very drastic. That those high temperature swings act, oh, wow. uh, interesting. Yeah. Expand that alcohol and contract it enough to yeah. speed up the aging. So so for somebody you know interested in Scotch, if you were to say this is my absolute favorite Scotch whiskey that I've ever drunk, what what is your particular favorite? Lefroig 25, for sure. Lefroig 25, where is yeah. that from? It's from Isla. It's a, it's a heavily peated, um, but uh, the, that amount of time spent in the barrel definitely brings it down quite a bit to where it's a lot more drinkable. So the peat adds a lot of smokiness. For sure. And when, the, when, it, when you say bring it down, it makes it less smoky. Yes. Got it. Yeah. Gotcha. And what's the best value for Scotch whiskey? Like if you look, if you're interested in a quality Scotch at day a good drinker, price, yeah, daily, you know, like, like a daily drinker. If you have a Scotch mm-hmm. on a regular basis, what would be that weekly? You know, um, I would personally say like Balvenie Twelve. Um, yeah, but, that's a good one. But if you're looking for like the one that nobody's talking about, yes, Old Pulteney. Old Pulteney. Oh, Old Pulteney. We just had a bottle drink of that. Yeah. yeah. That's our other go-to one. Yeah, yeah the like, 12 and the 17 are both yeah. phenomenal. Really? Okay, yeah. good. Yeah. So we're on the... Yeah. That's, that's what we right. did. Isn't that funny? So far, so good. So high-five us. High-five us. There we okay. go. Awesome. All right, so yeah, this has been fascinating. Thank you for sharing, and appreciate it, man. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Chapter 20. Yeah, so... Boom. It's kind of the interim... The, the chapter appears to describe the, the time when Dan's away. Dan's away. She has, her, so she she has, has a repeat client. Yeah, Arnhem. Arnhem. And just, just to remind you, Arnhem is the character who likes severe beatings mm-hmm. and who Amy demanded that he improve the women in yeah. his leadership at his company. The number, number of, of women, women. yeah. And, you know, he he presents himself and he lets her know that he's made an effort to do that. And she and kind like, of yeah, had forgotten yeah, about it. No, like, she not was good like, enough. yeah, that's not good enough. You know, yeah. I actually want women on in leadership. I don't want you to have a board to think about women in yeah. leadership. And so she gives him a, a good beating and he leaves chagrined. Anyway, then she gets her next client. And this was the fellow who took her to get clothed initially at the mask. Michael? Michael. Michael, yeah. And, you know, this is the one who likes to be on the table with clothespins, and she knocks yeah. him off with a, with a whip. Anyway, he has a heart attack on the table and yeah, like freaks he, her out. Yeah, it, and it becomes this, you know, you can see where these high-level uh, people, you know, we have a lot of money and influence, can't just call 911 and have – someone pick them up there first right. of all it would, it would out erica's uh gallery as being also a dungeon it would also out him without him and, you know right. and so there's this multiple levels so he like is quick on his feet to you know ask for an aspirin 
getting halfway dressed. She kind of helps him to the door. Gets him in his car. You know, gets him in the car, tells the driver where the nearest hospital. But I mean, but the hard reality was 911 should have been called. Maybe. I mean, it depends, you know. I I don't know for sure. We'll see if he survives. Yeah, hopefully he'll survive. (laughs) But Amy is confronted by the fact that the population she's dealing with is at risk of heart attack. And or other injuries, or other injuries, stroke. Certainly, at at risk for a heart attack, and this person had one, and now she's like freaked out. She didn't like think of that. She didn't consider it. Didn't consider it, and now she's confronted by it. What so of the matter is, somebody just had a heart attack while she had her hands on him, Mm -hmm. and that like freaks her out, which I totally understand. You know, as a as a dom, I can tell you that the last thing you want is to hurt somebody. Oh, yeah, totally. That it's not the intention. Oh, not at all. So I get her concern. And what does she do? She's like, okay, clean my books. I'm going home. Go sleep in my own bed. Mm -hmm. I want my mommy. And that's that's sort of where we're left is with Amy confronted by the tension of actually being in a space where she might hurt somebody. Yeah. And and with the the understanding that she has of herself that she actually might be responsible yeah. for his heart attack. So she's completely freaked out. I totally get that. And, you know, this is, this isn't the banking world. So. Yeah. And, and, and she's definitely, you know, was, was uh, wigged out enough. She needed to fly home. And that was yeah. the whole point is she decided it was time for her to go home, get in her own bed, have meals cooked for her right. to kind of have, if you, you know, kind of a thumb sucking moment yeah. to regroup. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. No, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, how this progresses. Yeah, for sure. That was chapter 20. Yeah. That's it for today. If you're interested in kinky relationship coaching, online domination, or if you'd like to sponsor the pod to keep it going, please visit our Patreon website at Lady Petra Playground. You can reach me via email at ladypetraplayground at gmail.com. Our music is composed and performed by Roger Ferguson, who can be found at rogerfergusonmusic.com. Till next time, cheers! Okay.